you want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 in the Lord's Prayer, that's where we're going to be uh, looking at. Uh, Usually here at uh, REC, we will take a passage like the one James read and and really uh, dig into that. But over the summer, uh, when we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, I guess it's a bit more looking at the theme of of each verse as we go through. Um, Each talk hopefully will stand on its own, although obviously there's there's a theme throughout the throughout the summer, the Lord's Prayer, in this case. Uh, And just to to recap for a moment, uh, this is a prayer, this is a model of how to pray that Jesus gave to his disciples. Starts out acknowledging uh, that God is is both our Father in in a very personal sort of way, but also uh, the King of the universe. Uh, He's a God whose name is Holy whose kingdom is being established, whose will is supreme. And last week you took us through verse 11. Give us today our daily bread, perhaps our most immediate and important physical need. Today we're looking at forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Perhaps our most basic daily spiritual need. Before we get into the into the meat of this, we just want to be clear about what we're what we're talking about here when we're talking about forgiveness. Uh, on one hand, on one hand, forgiveness does not mean the absence of consequences. Even though someone might receive forgiveness, there's still some mess to be cleaned up. Maybe permanent damage caused. Forgiveness does not mean that we want to get rid of laws and authorities and, and rules in that way. It's not the forgiveness is not the absence of, of discernment and wisdom. We don't want to be a, a doormat in any kind of way for people. Uh, it's not forgiveness is not a form of therapy for us, although that can have a it can have that effect. Forgiveness is not a, a feeling or getting our emotions right, although again it can help us with that. Jesus' instruction to us here helpfully describes forgiveness as cancelling a debt. The Bible uses the words debt and sin and trespass interchangeably. Uh, Jesus is saying that when we pray, we we should be saying, "I, I will not demand the moral payment that is rightfully mine. In fact, some of Jesus' other teaching is that it goes beyond that and we're actually wishing well to those who've sinned against us. Even more, in some cases, uh, seeking reconciliation, if that's possible. It doesn't seek revenge. It doesn't seek punishment. Forgiveness is a conscious choice, an act of will. Forgiveness is a conscious choice, an act of will. So we're going to dig into this uh, important subject with, with three headings. It's just one verse. And yet there's loads to cover in this uh, because forgiveness is so important. I'm not sure we always see it that way, but it is really important. So there is a lot for us to work through. Uh, It's a big issue. It's a hard issue for many of us to deal with. Particularly if we're going to get to some kind of resolution on some of these things. So do please bear with us. 
It, it might feel a bit packed. It might feel a bit drinking from a fire hose from time to time. Uh, I'll try and pace it as, as best I can. So we're going to look at three, three titles and they're coming right from the, the verse there. Forgive us our debts. I've said as we continue to, you'll see why in a minute, and uh, forgiving our debtors. So forgive us our debts as we continue to and forgive our debtors. Hopefully we will get a glimpse of the forgiving hearts that are the inevitable result of God's grace. So first of all then, forgive us our debts. This is clear and helpful, I think. If our bread every day is, is vital to our physical health, then forgiveness from our, our Heavenly Father every day is vital for our spiritual health. When we're being real with ourselves, when we're being honest, we know we do things wrong every day. When we read how, how Jesus, uh, particularly in the Sermon on the, the Mount here, but, but throughout the, the Bible, how he talks about things like greed and anger and lust. Never mind the good things that we should do that we, we don't do. Anybody who's been authentic with themselves would admit that we sin every day. This, this creates an enormous debt that we have no way of paying. Very much like the servant in the parable that, that James read for us a moment ago. There's no way that anyone has the, the resources to pay off that kind of debt. It's just huge. Only someone with infinite resources could pay that kind of bill. Never mind that bill for lots of people. And so Jesus, fully God and fully man, comes to earth to pay that debt for all of his people. A price so high that it takes his death to pay the debt. A price so high that it is going to involve the death of the Son of God. And like the king in the, in the parable, God takes the initiative. He sends Jesus first before we've forgiven anybody. The fact that it takes the, the death of Jesus tells us how to settle the debt, tells us how big it is. It, it's a huge debt. And we know he paid it because he rose from the dead after three days. Putting my accounting hat on for a minute, that's like someone showing you the receipt for the payment. You know it's been paid because you've seen the receipt. We know Jesus has paid our debt because he rose from the dead. We are only forgiven then by the grace that ours through putting our faith in him. There's no other way to settle our account. There's no other way to settle our debt. And the moment we believe that this, in this Jesus and we turn and follow him, this king who's died in our place, our debt is paid. Praise God for the way in which he saves people from our sin. Wait a minute there. If when we put our faith in, in Jesus, we're forgiven of all of our sins, past, present and future, why do we then have to pray every day, forgive us our debts? We just said a moment ago that uh, we should be praying this every day. Why do we need to? Well, 
Because we do sin every day. We do things wrong every day. We don't do what we should do every day. And that sin still puts up a barrier in our relationship between us and God every day. It's just a barrier that we've built from our side. God hasn't put it up. We've put it up. It's the difference between a judge and a father. God, God is a judge. And someone who's not a Christian might very well and rightly pray to God that they would that he would find them innocent instead of guilty. That's quite true. But here we're praying to a loving father in heaven. He already knows we're guilty, but because of the amazing love he's shown us, because of, yes, the amazing grace that he's given us, it's a different relationship. Ian, Ian Helt is exploring the week one of this series, what a, that a loving and, and kind Heavenly Father wants the, the best for his people, to give us good things. So if that's who we're praying to, if, if that's our heart when we, we pray this prayer, then the request to forgive us our sins is made to a parent who loves us and who always will. But like any loving parent, they can be pleased or displeased with what we do. Jesus is wanting us to run to our Father, who loves us dearly, who is ready and, and eager to forgive us. Just to openly say how, how sorry we are for displeasing him. And then to, to gratefully be restored to that relationship. The relationship that the Father and Jesus have had for, for all eternity. So how often should we pray this? Yes, something like this every day, maybe multiple times a day. Because we mess up every day. Some of you are parents, some of you are grandparents. How does it feel? You love, you love your kids, you love your grandkids, you adore them. So how does it feel if, if your kiddos come and say sorry straight after they've just spilled a large glass of coke on your favourite chair straight away versus three days later kids how, how do you feel towards your your parents when, when you've messed up when you know your parents are going to find out but you don't go to them straight away. You, go and don't, you don't go to them for a few days. There's a barrier there. There's a, there's, a, there's a distance there. Which is better for the relationship between you? Which is the, the better thing to do? It's, it's, it's better to straight away say what's happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've messed up. Every day we make, we add to that debt again. And so every day we want to go to our father and say, I'm sorry. Kids know that their parents are going to provide for them. But we don't want to take that for granted. We don't want to take for granted what, what God is doing in his forgiveness for us. This is an opportunity for us to embrace uh, humility, I think. Something we can, something I struggle with, something many people struggle with. Uh, if, if we don't want to go and ask for the Father's forgiveness, 
we might be feeling that we're entitled to it anyway. I'm your kid. Of course I'm entitled to it. Or, or believing maybe we don't need it. I didn't really hurt anybody. We, we don't need it. Um, every day we have this opportunity to affirm the gospel to ourselves. I am a sinner. My only hope is to be saved by God. The only way I can access that forgiveness is through my faith in Jesus and turning away from my sin. Today I repent again because I need your forgiveness. We want, like the songs we've been singing, we want to be grateful for that. We, we don't want to be holding back our gratitude to God. We don't want to say, please forgive me. Well, our second point here, as, as we called it, uh, uh, as we continue to. Uh, really, it's the link between the first part and the second part of the verse. You'll see why I've called it that in a minute. Uh, your Bible probably says something like, uh, uh, as we, uh, as here, as we also have, or as we forgive, or as we have, something like that. Um, and this verse can cause a lot, this part of the verse can cause a lot of problems. This part of the verse is a bit tricky. Because at first glance, we can misread it. We know the verse is important because Jesus actually repeats the teaching down in verses 14 and 15. Just look down with me there at verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's the only part of this prayer that Jesus feels he has to repeat and expand on. It's the only part of the prayer that has a condition in it. All the rest is just straightforward. In this case, uh, forgive us our debts as we have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. It's the only part of the prayer that does that. So, so we know that this is important. It's all important. But we know that this idea of f forgiveness is important. We want to be careful then with how we read it. Is this saying that we can only earn the forgiveness of God by first forgiving others? No, it's not. That would be saying something like, it would then read something like, forgive us our debts because we have forgiven our debtors. That, is the, that idea is the total opposite of the good news about Jesus. That is the, the total opposite of what it says in the Bible. That's the, the, the opposite of grace. But, but we can see it, it, the, the significance, as we said, because verse 14 and 15 repeat it. It's the, same, it's the same idea in Matthew 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. It's the same as the point in the, in the parable from Matthew 18. So what then? What, what, what is it? What is this middle bit about? Our forgiving of others is not the root of us being saved. It's not the cause of our being saved. It is the fruit of our being saved. It's what comes afterwards. We do not earn our forgiveness by forgiving. We are forgiving because we have already been forgiven. 
Jesus says this, says this in his parables about plants and trees in the Bible. He says you can know what a tree is by its fruit. You can know whether someone is a Christian by their forgiving heart. One writer says this, the grace that we receive in forgiveness gives us the grace to forgive others. Like our love for God and his people, like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like the process of of becoming more Jesus throughout our lives, our, our forgiveness of others should be an inevitable result of a changed heart, a forgiving heart, an inevitable result. Of a forgiving heart. When someone turns to follow Jesus and puts their faith in his work on the cross, then they will be increasingly forgiving of others because it's the only response that makes any sense. When you think about how much they've already been forgiven. When James read that parable for us, I mean, what do you think about this unmerciful servant? You know, what, what's your reaction? Do you think what a sensible person that is? He's he's just trying to get just a little bit back so he can give at least something back to his king? No, we look at him and think, you ungrateful idiot. And and Jesus is saying the same thing here. It's, It's that whole parable squeezed down into one verse to instruct us in how to pray. And so this forgiveness is... Something we have already done that we trust. Something that we're going to be doing today that we trust. Something we're going to be doing in the future we trust. Hopefully getting better at in the, in the future. We are continue. We're going to continue to forgive our debtors. We're asking God, God to forgive us our debts as we continue to forgive our debtors. That's why we've called it that giving it that title so we have to be i think straightforward and consider what happens if we do not have a heart that forgives i'm not talking about i'm not talking about a distant friend who's forgotten your birthday or something like that i'm talking about the hard things to forgive the difficult things to forgive the brutal things that have happened to us the things that we, our first instinct is to say, I'm not forgiving that. that that's too far. Uh, <laughs> just when, just open the like door to secrets in sermon preparation, you would be surprised how often things happen during the week when you're preparing a sermon that then impact directly on your sermon so for example uh, persons or persons currently unknown to the police uh, broke into our house on thursday night uh, right now i'm not feeling 100 percent forgiving towards these people that's something i've got to work on jesus has told me that is something i have to work on as i as he forgives my debts is that There are different possibilities as to why we might not have a forgiving heart. It might be that we are struggling with serious situations like that. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. 
things where, yes, they're difficult to forgive. They're really hard to forgive, but we're working at them. That's different. That's different too. perhaps not realising how serious my sin is. And so I don't feel I want to forgive because, hey, you know, it's just life. It's, it's not too, too bad. Worst of all, as Jesus is saying here and in verse 14 and 15 and in Matthew chapter 18, it might be that I'm not forgiven. It might be that I do not believe the good news about Jesus and I want to live my own in my own way. I want to live to my own standards. I want to ignore God's offer of forgiveness. If that is you, if, that, if, that's any of the, if any of these are what you're struggling with right now, please. Talk to someone who you've seen up here today. Talk to the Christian friend who you know. Talk to your life group leader. It is clear in, in verse 12. It is clear in verses 14 and 15. What the result of not being forgiven is. Let me just read you the last couple of verses there from Matthew chapter 18. Verse 34. In anger his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Which we just heard is impossible. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister in your heart. This is not a moralistic end of a story. It is reality. Do not be that person. If you're worried it is you, please come and talk to someone up here. But let's trust that many of us do really want to forgive others. That we are uh, continuing to forgive others. And so our third point, forgiving our debtors. How can we do this better? And I want to be really practical with this stuff because we need to get on with it. We've just read we need to get on with it. Um, like all the gifts that God gives us, when we're saved, we cannot just sit back and go, oh, I'm a cool, I'm okay. Uh, you might be a gifted cricket player. You might be a gifted baker. You might be a gifted musician. Whatever it is, you still need to practice every day. The same argument is why we need uh, to be practicing this uh, discipline of forgiveness. Yes, God has given us a, a forgiving heart if we're a Christian, but we don't want to build barriers up uh, between uh, God and us or between others and ourselves by withholding that forgiveness. We don't want to bask in this, but we, don't, we want to build humility. So a few thoughts. Notice that in Matthew chapter 12, God forgives debts. Our job is to forgive debtors. We cannot forgive the sins. Only God can forgive sin. Our role is to forgive the sinner for their impact on us. We have to love the person. We don't have to love their sin. We shouldn't love their sin, but we love the person. And, and in, in that way, and, and in some other ways, the, the forgiveness of God is not the same as our forgiveness. Uh, God forgives far more than we do. God forgives far more people than we ever will. 
God has infinite resources to forgive. But on the other hand, there are some things in common with this, between how God forgives and how we should be forgiving. We're called to, called to give in the same way. We should have the same quick eagerness of God to provide forgiveness. Well, how, how does God describe his forgiveness? I'm going to read you uh, four passages. I'll, uh, you don't need to turn to them. I'll read them out for you. You might want to scribble them down. Uh, first of all, from uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 25. Isaiah 43, 25. And this is God speaking through Isaiah the prophet. This is what he says there. This is, again, this is God speaking. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. Psalm 103, verses 11 to 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Transgressions, another word for sin. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. And for those of you who have been to a wedding recently, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It might look slightly different in different ways, but, but when we forgive someone, it's like we're giving them four promises. This is from uh, Ken Sandy's excellent book, The Peacemaker. I recommend that to all of you. If you don't have a copy, see me afterwards. Uh, four promises of forgiveness. This is what we're saying to someone when we say to them, I forgive you. We're saying, I will not dwell on this incident. I will not dwell on this incident. We're saying, I will not bring this incident up again and use it against you. I will not bring this incident up again and use it against you. We're saying, I will not talk to others about this incident we're talking about gossip there. There might be times when you have to. But generally speaking, I will not talk to others about this incident. And I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. I will not let this incident stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. Easy to say those things. Hard to do them. It's hard to do them because, yes, it does include the instance where somebody's eaten our chocolate cake, where someone's cut us up at the roundabout, or they've not taken the bins out when we told them to. But it also includes years of being bullied in school. There was a kid in our class, ironically, he's now a head teacher, uh, who gave me a really hard time about having a big nose. Really hard time. It was really nasty. We're talking about things like that. We're talking about being overlooked for promotion at work. We're talking about getting swamped by an uncaring 
benefit system. We're talking about things even a lot worse than those. In all these cases, Christians should have a heart and hopefully opportunities to forgive by not dwelling on it, not bringing it up again, not gossiping, and pressing through to the point where it doesn't impact the relationship. However, let's also be crystal clear. Forgiveness does not include permission for someone to keep sinning against us. It definitely never tolerates or even implies a toleration of abuse or coercion. Yes, we are called to have a forgiving heart, even in a situation such as that, but God does not call us to keep tolerating it. If you are in such a situation, or you find yourself in such a situation in the future, then you must leave immediately and get to a place of safety. If you do not know a place of safety, get in touch with someone who you've seen up here, and we will get it sorted. Hopefully you are never in that situation. For most of us, a much more likely problem is that we don't want to forgive. We just don't want to. Perhaps we feel we're entitled to our anger. Perhaps we feel it will, perhaps we feel it will help control someone because they will still feel in our debt. Perhaps we were born into a culture where honour is the thing and the defence of our family's honour is the expected norm, even if it means broken relationship with those who we love. Remember, Jesus is clear and uncompromising. If you are a Christian, then this is something you must be doing. Yes, you might have to forgive 77 times or a lot more each time paying a cost, perhaps because of 77 individual offences, perhaps because of one offence that keeps getting brought back up in your head and you keep after going back and say to yourself, I forgive and doing that 77 times or more. Given that sometimes things really are hard to forgive, what can you do if you are struggling with this? Let me offer you a few few suggestions. First of all, remember. Like the unmerciful servant, remember what you have been forgiven. Remember that God has given to Christians huge resources to help and encourage us in forgiving others. He's given us the Bible filled with examples of wisdom, filled with guidance, filled with encouragements to forgive. He's given us the Holy Spirit inside us with with gifts of love and joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control that is yours it is in your in, in you if you are a christian god has given you a church filled with people who want to support and encourage admonish you to be peacemakers they themselves can be peacemakers for you ultimately god gives us his son And he gives us his forgiveness of our sins. Without all these resources, it's going to be impossible to forgive everybody who sinned against us. With them, it can become a natural response. So use them. We have 
huge resources. Secondly, there's some more, more specific targeted things you might think about. You might be struggling to forgive because someone has a, a pattern of what is very serious sin in their lives and they don't seem to care. So although you might have, have a, you might be willing to forgive, you might have a, a forgiving heart towards them. Until they've come to the point where they have really acknowledged how bad that sin is or, or made some kind of a, effort to address this, this harmful pattern, it might be that actually saying the words, I forgive you, haven't happened yet. You might be saying, I'm ready to forgive you, I want to forgive you, but we need to deal with this thing. Be really careful with that. That is never an excuse for withholding forgiveness. That is for very serious situations. It's helpful to look at our, our own attitudes and expectations. We might have to renounce some of our own sin before we're talking to them. We may be unconsciously behaving like they've got to earn our forgiveness. It might be that we're thinking that well, I really just want to make them suffer a bit first before I forgive them. Is that how God forgives us? No, that is not. We need to repent of those kind of behaviours. Similarly, we might have to assess our own contribution to the problem. We may not have started the situation, but we might have aggravated it. Once saw a, a young man getting, getting arrested and... Uh, he was complaining that uh, the police had got hold of him and, and had and put his hands in, in handcuffs behind his back. And they're saying, he's like, yeah, this is terrible. But they're saying, but you kept, the police officer saying to him, but you kept hitting us. You, you kept punching us. That's why we put your hands behind your back. And he's like, oh. You know, sometimes we have contributed to the problems. And ultimately remember that God is working for good, even in a situation that can be as desperate as the one that we're facing. There's a lot more that's been written on this subject. We'd love to point you to some more resources on this to talk to you about your situation. Please don't be shy to come and talk to us. Send us an email, send us a text. But let me, let me perhaps leave you with a, a quote here from a, a guy called Kevin DeYoung. He wrote very helpfully on this. It's a long quote. There is nothing more important than asking God to forgive your sins. There is nothing harder that God asks us to do than to forgive others. But God is not saying that it is not a big deal what happened to you. Forgiveness is not saying that sin doesn't matter. God is saying that he is bigger, the cross is bigger and that hell is bigger. Do not focus on what they owe. Focus on how much you owe. That last bit again. God is saying that he is bigger. The cross is bigger and that hell is bigger. Do not focus on what they owe. Focus on how much you owe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is a, a, a difficult area. 
Lord, this can be a, a painful area, just touching on all of our lives in so many different ways. Lord, help us to pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Help us to pray. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Help us to understand how serious this is, that if we have not forgiven our debtors, there, are, there is a major question to answer, which is why. Father, we pray that all of us would find ourselves in a position to, to pray this and not be condemning ourselves when we pray it. Lord, help us to understand how big our debt is to you. Help us to understand how staggeringly enormous are your resources. Help us to understand just how powerful the work was that you did on the cross when you died to save us from our sins. And help us to understand that hell is real and the risk of hell is real. Heavenly Father, please forgive our debts as we have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Amen.